Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Coaching Radio. We are your host, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. Well, a little gloomy and humid Austin, Texas, I'm being honest. And we are going to pick up where we left off yesterday. And I really appreciate all the great feedback we got from you guys about uh, the topic. And we are talking about how basically, you know, if you're a little on the sensitive side, you can still be wildly successful in real estate. It's interesting the feedback that we got from many of you who were discussing with us the fact that you'd always been told and led to believe that you had to be a certain type of personality, you had to be a certain mindset, you had to have a certain approach, you had to be kind of a jerk to be successful at real estate is what a lot of you have been told uh, that you have to be, or if you're familiar with the DISC personality styles, that in order to be successful, you have to be a driver or an influencer. And Well, guys, guess what? That's just not true. And if you are more on the sensitive side, as a lot of you guys are, you still can be successful and perhaps even more successful than somebody who's not as tuned into their emotions. Julie, welcome to today's radio. Thank you. It's going to be fun to, I think we'll probably wrap up all of our points, but we'll just see how it goes for these guys. Um, I had a few emails that came in about being a sensitive agent as uh, a lot of people see that as a strength when their sellers in particular are going through some challenging times. Maybe they're taking a price a little bit less than they thought. Not that that ever happens, you know. <laughs> Every seller thinks their house is worth more than it probably is. Um, when they're going through relocation is a very stressful time. Um, you know, I remember when you and I were working with some clients in New Albany, and I was kind of stressed out, feeling like I'm being oversensitive to the situation, and, you know, they were being relocated. And, you know, I I will never forget, I'm trying to remember his name, the uh, new construction house you know what I'm talking about, where they were, it was like 900,000 they were relocating, and I was stressed out, hoping I was doing a good job for them. And I remember the seller, like, put his arm around me. He said, I just want you to know how it makes me feel knowing that you're the rock in the transaction. And I thought, wow, you know, that, that's such a big thing for me to hear, especially that was a pretty big transaction for us back then. And, you know, knowing that it made a difference and that they noticed that, it, you know what, we actually do care about what's going on with you. I had a coaching call today with one of my private clients that, you know, he was talking about how every, um, you know, all the hiccups that happen in your day-to-day real estate transactions, uh, that, you know, it, it kind of can be a blow to you when you read an email or you get a voicemail when your, your homeowner is stressed out or you don't get something you thought. I said, well, you know why that is, is because you actually care, because you actually are ethical and honest and true and sincere. And I told him, you know what, I wouldn't want to be coaching you if you weren't. So I do think that it's a strength. It's not always portrayed as a strength, especially by some of your more aggressive competitors sometimes. But for those of you who are feeling that sensitive vibe, I'm here to tell you it is absolutely a strength to actually care about your clients. And even if they don't tell you every single time on every single deal or every single transa- or conversation, believe me when I tell you, when you are the leader and you're keeping it together for them, it makes a huge difference. The key is I wouldn't if you're want you to be any other sen- way. <laughs> yeah, the key is if you're more on the sensitive side, you have to have specific strategies to prevent you from being an emotional sponge 
for all the exactly. negativity that often floats around, mm-hmm. especially in, you know, yeah. So you have to have a certain strategy, and we're, and we're going to get to some of those suggestions uh, on today's radio show. So get ready to take notes. And you know what? These are relevant points because even, say, for example, let's just say you're somebody that's not sensitive. You're like, as Julie accuses me, you know, you're what, what, uh, someone with just one feeling. She says, you know, I have a feeling, and occasionally my feeling gets hurt. I mean, that's her feeling? little joke. But <laughs> I, exactly. <laughs> so, but even if that's true, Let's just say, for example, you're listening to the radio and you're saying, you know, you're more like me than, say, for example, you're like Julie, and that's fine as far as basically how you relate to other people. Uh, suggestion for you would be to keep in mind that you won't, uh, you'll probably be adding staff from time to time. You'll be adding assistants. And they probably, or at least if you're somebody who's not as sensitive as other people, you probably need to be hiring people that are more sensitive so they're more in alignment with maybe uh, the general population opposed to somebody who's just a little bit more drilled down. And you will need these techniques and these strategies to counsel and coach them so they can do their job at the highest level. Again, the point is, is we don't want you to stop being somebody who's sensitive. We don't want you to stop, you know, exploring your, really your, your, I don't know what you even want to call it, your human side, really, your emotional side. We don't, we don't want you to think that that's a weakness because it's not. But what we want you to do is learn how to protect yourself. So at the end of the day, uh, when, you know, you've left it all on the field professionally, but you still have plenty of energy left to, you know, be a great mom, dad, brother, sister, uh, husband, wife, whatever, right? You're not just completely spent at the end of the day wondering where your life went. Um, and that comes from having strategies so that you can essentially show emotion during the day without being emotional. You can relate to their feelings, and you can say things like, I'll give them one more example, Julie, and then you can get your, uh, your next. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, sure. Uh, yeah. So when Julie and I first got into business, we were right out of college. We were in our early 20s. You guys know this story. We sold over 100 houses our first year. Well, we had this real estate client, and I won't say her I'll say her first name, not her last name. Her name was Hazel. And Hazel had a condo that she had purchased – uh, you know, obviously before we'd been in real estate, and she overpaid for it. The market kind of went away, and she was upside down by an enormous amount. I think it was like, and this is an enormous bout period, but it was really an enormous amount back in the early uh, 90s. I think it was like 75000 or or $100,000. She had to bring a check to closing just to get rid of this property. Well, she had had this property listed with numerous other realtors who weren't able, willing to tell her about the fact that she was so frankly, overpriced and um, going to lose so much money. They just wouldn't do it. And Julie and I were like, oh, my gosh, this is a fact. You know, this, this condo is, you know, this much un- – that wasn't underwater because, fortunately, she had a small mortgage. So, she, you know, I mean, she had to end up bringing money to the closing, but it wasn't as bad as it could be. So moral of the story was is we had to give her the bad news. And I remember she was just an absolute emotional wreck. Um, the reason she was selling it because she'd just been fired, and she had to trans- she had to move back to where she was originally from. So it was really, and she was a sweetheart of a lady too, just a really, really wonderful gal. And so we're having to tell somebody that we really sincerely liked, uh, that we had compassion for, this really bad news that she didn't want to hear, that for her was really devastating, right? So we didn't know really what to do. And we started, you know, thinking about, well, what would we want to do if we were in that situation? And we actually ended up asking some successful agents we knew, including our broker, you know, back when Julie and I got in the business, a guy named Rory Averill. And he said something that I'll never forget. And I want you guys all to write this down when you're in similar situations, you know, show emotion without being emotional. So you can show emotion, you know, Hazel, I'm sorry that this is happening to you. I'm sorry that you're going through this, you know, because we were, you know. I'm sorry that this is something that is occurring right now, um, and, you know, I hate this for you. You know, those are all little scripts you guys can adopt yourselves. And then basically roll into, 
uh, you know, a pivot. And a pivot would be essentially saying, so this is what needs to happen next. Or start focusing them on what life is going to be like once the problem, in that case, having a condo that was hard to sell, sold. So those are the types of things that you guys have to learn to adopt, especially if you're more on the sensitive side. And Julie's touched on this, that, you know, and I, this is definitely true. The most successful agents that we've ever personally coached or run across are definitely people that you would classify as being more sensitive. Because what happens is they're able, they're able to get in alignment with other humans, other people, their clients faster than, say, somebody that's not necessarily as intuitive, not necessarily as in touch with their emotions. So just keep these things in mind um, as Julie moves forward with her next point. Yeah, and, and maybe we could interchange the word sensitive with compassionate or other things that really tie into being of service to your clients and your prospects. So point number seven, talking about how to not just survive but thrive in real estate as a sensitive type. Point number seven, if you missed the first six, listen to yesterday's podcast. So point number seven, become okay with – here it comes. Are you ready? Become okay with doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it and do it at the highest level you know how. Some of us on that more you know, sensitive end of the spectrum avoid this particular point more than we should. And you know, being in the position of hearing no where it makes you uncomfortable just means that you're doing a better job following up with more people. So at the sensitive end of things, I always tell coaching clients this. If somebody doesn't you know, respond to you right away, they don't want your help, they don't need your help, how, why is that about you? They just simply don't need your help. Move on. It's okay. So just to simplify that, become okay with doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it, and do it at the highest level that you know how. Point number eight, this is a big one, probably could do a whole show on this. Lose your ego. This takes systematic work. Start with asking questions and actually listening to the answers. And I throw out some short scripts that will help you with this. Lose your ego by not just asking questions, but listening to the answers. Tell me more about your situation. That's one of my favorite short scripts to help agents conversationally get to the point where you can close or decide not to close, depending on what you find out. Tell me more about your situation. And I'm pretty sure, Tim, that that might have originated back in the day from Rory. Remember when he used to say, tell your story to Rory? Well, that's yeah, the same. You know, ask questions. What, tell me more about your situation. How can I best help you to move forward with your goals? What else is important to you? Etc. So when you do that and you keep it question-based, remember all scripts are focused questions that lead you to being able to close in a comfortable way for you and the prospect. When you ask questions, you're making it less about you and more about who you're talking to. Less about you, more about who you're talking to. Be fascinated by them. Don't make it seem like you're doing 50 million other things and you're all distracted and you're fitting them in. Be fascinated by them. Turn your cell phone off. Don't let them hear you clicking away on your computer while you're supposedly having a good conversation with them. Be fascinated with them. So the removal of ego is actually a great strategy, not just for sensitive types, but for everyone to have better conversations and to really drive that point home in such a way that your prospect is more comfortable. Does that make sense, Tom? It does. And Julie, do you have a show topic for tomorrow? I am. I have a couple in progress. <laughs> okay. So to... let's make tomorrow. Let ego. That's what we have to do because there's right, so many points. So many. Yeah. It, it validates pretty much everything else and helps people understand. You know, Julie just said something that's really critical. Um, 
you know, we'll touch on this on the sh- when we do with the show on ego, but if you're not somebody who's really good at asking questions, it's because you're not essentially uh, in tune to the fact that you're probably just allowing your ego to run the show in your head. Asking yeah. questions that are designed to help the person solve their problem is one of the secret sauces. It's one of the I, – I think if you had to really coalesce all the elements, the top three maybe elements that make somebody really successful – their ability to ask great questions, listen to the answers, then ask questions based on what the person said, that's the number one thing. I mean, it just truly is. There's obviously other things too, but that has to be the number one thing it takes for someone to be successful. Why? Think about it, guys. Other than your coach, and this is for coaching clients, obviously, you know, maybe your dog, how often do people actually pay attention to what you have to say? Most, You're guilty of this. As well, so just think about this: when you're talking to somebody, how often are you actually listening to what they say, or is your mind immediately gone to what you're going to say? How often do you actually listen to what they say to the point where you digest it, and then you ask a question based on what they said? When I, I can tell you that coaching clients, the personal ones that I've coached for five, ten years, the ones that have mastered that are so much more successful than the ones that haven't. And when you're around people, I'm thinking like Lance Canmore, Julie. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about some of the other, you know, I'm thinking about Colette. When you talk to these guys, you're actually having a real conversation. They're actually asking questions based on what you just said, and you feel like you're actually connecting with somebody. They're not just wanting to bust out and tell a story that basically relates to what you huh. just said. They're sincerely curious about what you uh, – now, that's a learned skill. That is an absolute learned skill that, that frankly, in our society right now, people uh, don't even bother to try to master but when you can listen, ask questions, ask follow-up questions, build a sincere rapport with somebody, you are unstoppable at that point. People remember you. When you are able to engage, like try that, experiment with that today. I challenge all of you to go and literally have a conversation with somebody and monitor yourselves how often you personally are, your mind is going to, oh my gosh, what am I going to say next? Or how often you're trying to pivot the conversation to talk about yourself, how you want to just tell them a personal story, how you want to da 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 most cases, that's all ego. If you're having a conversation with someone today at Starbucks and, you know, you run into an old friend or someone you haven't seen for a while, an old neighbor, whatever, ask questions and never and avoid talking about yourself. After you're done having that little conversation with someone, you're walking away with your latte, I promise you that person is going to remember you in such a, 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 an elevated place because that was probably the first time in a long time that that person had a conversation with anybody or that person was showing a sincere interest in them. That isn't the way our country has always been. That's the way it is now. Now we're living this sort of peaked ego state in our, in our country, and you can feel it. You can, when you're around other people, and Julie said it, when they're checking their phones and they're you know, basically doing 10 other different things, that has become a normal behavior, but it's abnormal for people who want to truly be successful. So just you know, keep that in mind, and we're going to uh, drill down on those points more tomorrow, but that ego aspect and under- recognizing it in yourself and choosing to react to it or choosing not to react to it, in other words, letting it control your behavior or not letting it control your behavior, is what the um, you know the Eastern mystics have called being enlightened. So for those of you who are, say, for example, in California and you've studied this type of thing, uh, picking on all of our friends in California, those especially in the central coast around Big Sur, you know, I mean, that is uh, something that has been studied for eons, in essence, the ability to uh, shut your ego down so you can 
truly be present with the person you're talking to. So more on that tomorrow. So, Julie, sorry for that old meandering yeah, point. No, not at all. And, you know, I think one of the easy tests you can give yourself to begin working on this is on your very next appointment or your very next phone call, your very next conversation, are you just trying to get through it or are you trying to do a really great job for the person you're talking to? It's a good test to ask yourself and maybe even write that down in your, you know, your office area. Am I just trying to get through this? Or am I trying to do the best job I know how to do for this client? Whether they, well, Julie, yeah, you, you just you just sparked something, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. That may have been my That's ego okay. wanting to interrupt you. By the way, <laughs> you know, right, the fact the, the fact is is that everything that we coach these guys to is applying the understanding that we just shared with you guys. When you look at our listing presentation, when you look at our pre-selling, our pre-listing pack, when you looked at the complete home selling system, when you looked at the scripts that we've, you know, the, the, when you look at the whole system, the whole complete real estate coaching essential system, and especially those of you who are in our private coaching programs like Breakthrough, all those things, everything is designed to essentially make it so that you're asking questions and your ego is not, is not essentially front and center. Your ego turns people off. Your ego loses you sales. Your ego is the reason that when you go on a listing appointment, uh, you get beat. It's because you're not essentially in tune with that customer. Our presentation, everything we ask you guys to do, is designed, once you follow it, to essentially make it so that you are automatically presenting and you're communicating at a higher plane. That's really how it works. The traditional way that you sell, the traditional way that a lot of you guys have been trained in real, by gurus and real estate whatevers, has been ego-based. It's always been about you, the salesperson, you, your awards, you, your this, your that, your other thing. Our whole industry basically is seething an ego. That's not how we train you guys to be, because frankly, I heard Zoe in the background, that's not how we train you guys to be. <laughs> that, the fact is, is we train you guys to be on a different level than your com- competition. And some of you have been with us for a while, you're starting to tune in to the fact that we're not just teaching you how to do sales training, we're also hopefully teaching you guys how to be better people. Um, so these things are all applicable across the board as far as, okay, this is the reason that you know, you're presenting this way. Okay, I'm now learning the power of asking questions. This is you hopefully being introspective as a coaching client. I'm now seeing the point of essentially following the Sharpie close as part of the, or as part of the listing presentation. Huh, I can see the power of asking questions and listening to the answers. I can see the power of basically being tuned into somebody and being present with that person when I'm talking to them in a sales environment. Now, I wonder what would happen if I'd apply that same level of learning and that knowledge to, say, for example, my personal life. You know, that's when your world shifts. That's when everything changes. So that'll be tomorrow. <laughs> it's obviously a topic we have a lot of passion yeah. for. Go ahead, Julie. Sorry. <laughs> that's right. All right. So point number nine for our sensitive folks, always be the good, always find, sorry, always find the good in the situation the silver lining rather than the dark cloud. Ask yourself, I use this all the time with coaches and coaching clients because it, it kind of makes you laugh and puts it in perspective. Ask yourself, why have the real estate gods sent me this challenge? I guarantee you there's a reason. It may be too soon to tell what that reason is, but your job is to find the good in the situation. Think about some of these buyers you guys are working with where you get outbid and they lose the house and they're frustrated and it takes them two or three times to actually get in contract by the way, something we coach you on how to get better at, getting them in contract faster. But, you know, I can tell you from that happening to us too, in almost every case, and I think most of you guys listening would swear on this, in almost every case the house they end up buying is better than the first one that they tried to buy. 
that's the real estate God saying, this isn't for you. It's too soon to tell. Let's see what you're actually going to be living in 30 days from now. So always find the good in the situation. Find the silver lining instead of being the dark cloud. And those of you who go into dark cloud mode, you know who you are, and it makes you uncomfortable too. So just decide now to flip that switch and say, you know what? It's too soon to tell. Why the real estate God sent me this? It's because I'm either supposed to fix something, learn something, or there's something better on the horizon. It's just a better outlook. So point number 10, show your compassion and empathy without allowing it to suck the life out of you. Show emotion without becoming overly emotional. To your point, Tim, about working with Hazel, show emotion without becoming overly emotional. This is a major challenge for those of you who are making your living this way in real estate. You, you know, in order to make a decent living, you're going to have to deal with a lot of different types of people in different types of situations. The answer is to not back away from that. It's to go towards that and you know, acknowledge it and have some compassion and emotion without, as you said, Tim, becoming the sponge. And I remember I struggled with that for a long time because, you know, people will lay their issues on you right in the middle of a transaction. There are people that, you know, we joke they send their representative to the listing appointment, then you find out who they really are when they have to accept an offer. (laughs) You know, it can be stressful, and you can absorb all of that. And I eventually started telling myself, you know, they're probably not thinking about me when their head hits the pillow, so why am I absorbing all this? My job is to do the best job I can to move them forward towards their goals, and as long as I know I'm doing that, we're in good shape. But that takes some working on, and for those of you, many of our coaching clients are having their best year ever or their, you know, the continuation of last year's best year ever. And, you know, sometimes you guys feel overwhelmed. I get that. I understand that. But learn to show compassion and empathy without it sticking to you, right, without you being a sponge and not being able to deal with your own life in the, in the highest and best way you know how for yourself and your family. So show emotion without becoming overly emotional. And, Tim, I think you had them write that down earlier. Words to Let me interject at. something, Julie. Mm-hmm. Let me interject something. This is a hard sure. lesson to learn in any business, especially nowadays where people think that starting a business is all about somehow pursuing your passions. I mean, people's heads are so screwed on crooked with regards to basically the point of making a bit, starting a business. Guys, you have a hobby to pursue your passions, okay? It, you don't start a business with the sole purpose of essentially fulfilling some sort of lifelong passion. That isn't the way life works. Nine times out of ten, probably more like 99 times out of 100, if you're thinking like that, you're going to fail. You start a business because you need to make a profit. And with that profit, you then fund your passions. That's how life actually works. The rest of the feel-good, touchy-feely stuff makes you broke, makes it so you never have a product. I'm sorry, makes it so you never have a profit. And with that profit, you never are able to actually live your richest and fullest life. Riches meaning literally, or you know, riches and riches meaning essentially the quality of the life that you are allowing yourself to experience. So here's the little thing you guys need to write down and, re- and remember this forever. You think you're providing a service, but you're not. You're selling a result. That's so hard for people to accept because in this industry, we think we're in this, we are in essence the service industry by definition. But people aren't giving a rat's ass, and that wasn't a swear word, so I do not do not owe anyone a, a I don't have to put twenty dollars in the with swear jar. Okay, so the fact is, is they don't care about the service that you're applying. They only care about the result. So remember that, and that will actually, to Julie's point, that will help take some stress off. They're not paying for the service. They're paying for the result. They're not paying you for your service. They're paying you for your result. If along the way you get so emotionally distraught because of the overall situation and you're not able to deliver the result, that's the reason you're not actually making any money. So 
you have to build your emotional walls taller, higher, stronger, so that you can make it so that, you, again, you're not becoming the emotional punching bag for the industry. You're, you've chosen to be in a business that oftentimes brings the worst out in people. You know, I joke sometimes, and it's so true. This is the very definition of a thankless job. Not real estate coaching, but, you know, selling real estate. It's the very definition of a thankless job. How often do people actually say thank you? It's like never, right? <laughs> Buyers and sellers, they don't say hardly they ever say thank you, you know? Not really anyway. And maybe just like a curt thanks, good job kind of thing. But it isn't something it, – it's, it's the very – why? Because selling a home, buying a home, a huge financial transaction – or those those things were often associated or happening at the same time as big life events. Sometimes those are good life events. Sometimes they're bad life events. And if you, there's been a lot of studies done on the things that cause people the most amount of stress. You know, there's a relocation, the birth, birth or death, or the, you know, you guys can research all this on your own. But buying and you you are essentially interacting with people at one of their peak stressful points in their lives. That's what a real estate transaction is. Unless it's somebody that's done a billion transactions before and they know what they're doing, which, you know, if you're blessed with those types of customers, good for you. But for the most part, you're going to be dealing with people who actually have designed their lives to avoid the kind of stress that a real estate transaction is going to bring to their doorstep. And you, by the way, are the one that's actually bringing that stress right along with you. That's part of doing a real estate transaction. The inspections, the appraisals, the the this is and the that's. And remember, when someone's selling a house, even if it's a house that they're ready to you know put in their rearview mirror, that is still there's egos are still associated with that house. They're still emotionally tied to that property. And yeah, it's not something that they've done a lot of personal work on to understand how you know they themselves are not thinking through. They're thinking through opaque you know glasses. In essence, they're not able to make uh, decisions clearly. So they don't have coaches. They're not studying the types of things that hopefully you guys are. So just remember. When you're dealing with people that are, you know, you're going to be dealing with people on a regular basis that are uh, experiencing a peak level of stress in their lives. That's called normal. Your job is to accept that, understand that, and if you're on the more sensitive type, not absorb it so it causes you personal problems, health, financial, and otherwise. So build your walls. Remember that your job is to provide not the service. They don't care about how much work you put in. They don't care how much something costs. They don't care how much time you put in. Don't even bother telling them because I promise you they don't care. All they care about is the result. And if you're, not, if you're conflicted about these points, it's going to cause you a lot of consternation, a lot of confusion. It's going to slow you down. It's going to make you question your own abilities because you're going to be like, why is that person such a jerk? They're such a jerk because they're jerks. <laughs> Sometimes that's just the case. Or they're being jerks because they're under a lot of stress themselves. You're getting paid, in many cases, a lot of money to essentially be the receiver of their jerkiness. True. Smile. So true. Move on. <laughs> Accept it. You know, I remember you're always getting... used to. Yeah. Go ahead. Get... No, go ahead. Well, no I, I used to always be amazed and shocked at a closing where it had been like knockdown, drag out, price reduction, or really tough negotiation, or they did something where you thought that they were, were just going to kill you because you made them do something on the home inspection, which would make them close. And they used to give me like the biggest hug at closing. And I'd be like, are you the same person I was talking to two weeks ago when you had mold in your basement? Really? Are you sure? So, you know, the lesson in that is it may be a point of contention at the time, but to your point, Tim, Getting the job done is the most important thing. So
So throughout your, you know, lead conversion, pre-qualification, presenting, negotiating, and closing, that probably is going to have some stress for you. But when you make it to the finish line and you did the job for them and you accomplished their real estate goals for them, they will love you. It may not be apparent two weeks prior to closing or the day before when everything's delayed, but they will know, love, and trust you and send you lots of referrals. So but Julie, you know, a lot that, of this is like it, experience stuff, but go ahead. But isn't this the very reason why a lot of agents choose us and choose our coaches to be their coaches? Because a lot of times when you guys are with other coaching companies, the coaching companies are unclear about what their job is. They think their job is to provide a service, you know, your coaching calls or whatever it is they're providing. We, don't, we know that's part of what we do, but that's only part of it. What we're here to provide you is with a result. Right? And Julie coaches the coaches, and trust me when I tell you, she's not easy on them at all. They have their coaches coaching calls with her, what, today, Julie? Yeah, today. In exactly okay, so, one and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the, she is holding them okay. accountable to delivering a result. If you, if you guys are involved in any coaching organization, don't think – that you're paying for a relationship. You're not paying for a service. You're paying for the result. If the ball is not being uh, moved down the field in a meaningful way, it's time for you to switch coaches. That's just a simple That's fact. <clears throat> Otherwise, why are you yes. paying for a coach? Yes. That's it. And I'm going to do two hey. more points so that we can round this out, and then we'll have our uh, ego topic tomorrow. So point number 11, end your day with something positive. Keep a gratitude journal. No matter how stressful your day may have been, Something good has happened. End on that note. Read it the first thing the next morning so that you bookend your day with positivity. Point number 12, our last and final point, be the leader in everything you do. Be the leader because you feel, care, and are a natural leader. I read a lot of things preparing for this uh, podcast where the, the point was many sensitive people are actually natural leaders. They just don't realize it until they're in a position of leadership. So be the leader in everything you do. Be the commander of your transactions. Be the one who pushes the ball forward instead of the one who's following, and you'll find your skills are increasing, your experience is increasing, and, of course, along with that will be your income increasing. So back to you, Tim, and I have to get to my coach's call. No problem whatsoever, and Julie, thank you for a great show the past couple of days. And guys, remember, tomorrow's topic is going to be very interesting and hopefully cause a lot of you to have some introspection. Um, and so remember, if you guys ever need anything, we're very, very easy to get hold of. You email Julie directly at Julie at Tim and Julie com, or you can email me at Tim and Julie at Tim at Tim and Julie com. And I have neglected to mention this on our podcast, our radio show, for quite a while. If you guys want a free coaching call, of course, go to free coaching calls for com, free coaching calls for com, and you can get registered for a free coaching call. Uh, you guys, I know a lot of you are enrolling in real estate coaching essentials. You're wanting to learn more about the, you know, our, our uh, entry-level coaching program, go to agentmillions.com, agentmillions.com, and you can attend that webinar. We're doing one of those webinars every day, so it's easy for you to schedule around your schedule. And listen, we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. Have a fantastic day. Do us a favor, as you always have been doing for the past year, to make this the number one real estate coaching radio show out there with over 100,000 regular listeners. Please do share this show with as many other agents as you can. Help us get the word out that this is the best real estate market of our lifetimes provided that you choose for it to be. Have a great day, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, 
visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.